but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. And so here's the problem. It's not that people don't want to serve or are unwilling to get involved in ministry. I think that the two biggest problems that we face are knowing our roles in ministry and also believing that we can make a difference. I think those are the two biggest problems that we have with serving. Is that, we, that if we can understand our roles in ministry, that yes, what you see a lot of times up here on Sunday morning is those um, who lead up front, such as me preaching or the worship band leading in music or someone leading in prayer, uh, those are the highlighted ones because it's in the spotlight, right? But, but what about the other opportunities of service within our church and in our clusters and cell groups and things like that? Um, I think we, we need to understand our role. So we're going to look at, in the book of Acts, chapter 6, if you want to go ahead and turn there with me. It's a great, um, great passage of Scripture here in Acts, chapter 6. We're going to see um, the interaction between the disciples, the 12 at that time, who Judas has now been replaced by Matthias, and between them and the, and the rest of the church. So we're kind of, kind of look at it as like the pastor um, kind of church uh, marriage in, in, this, in this situation here and how they went about defining these roles because it's going to be very important for you to understand the pastor's role and this is only going to help the next pastor come in and also understand the church's role as well. And I think we can learn a lot from, this, from these first seven verses in, in Acts chapter 6. So let me go ahead and read this for you here. It says, In those days when the numbers of disciples was increasing, the Grecian Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the Word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the Word. The proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Also Philip, Procornus, Nicanor, Timon, Perneus, and Nicolaus from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number, number of priests became obedient to the faith. The great passage of Scripture here um, and, and we see uh, that, that ministry was taken off. The, the church uh, was, was being born. It was, it was increasing in the numbers of disciples. Uh, the, the church was increasing. Many scholars believe uh, that up to this point, there, there may be around 20,000 at this point involved in the church, those who believe in Jesus Christ and were part of uh, uh, the life of the church there. And so... When ministry is rising, when, when, when ministry is increasing, problems do arise, right? <laughs> Complaining happens. <laughs> it's all part of church life. I mean, you've probably never been to a church where there wasn't a complaining. There's always going to be some kind of complaint. Um, but but this, was, this was happening. Um, the certain widows were being overlooked. The, the Grecian Jews and Hebraic Jews. All right, the, the difference here is the Grecian Jews did not speak Aramaic, and this was the native language of, of those in Jerusalem. So they were kind of considered the second-class citizens. Um, so, so that already was kind of stirring up in the pot of the people who represent the church, right? They're all part of the same body of Christ, but, um, but there were some differences. 
And so they felt like, hey, our widows are being overlooked. There's daily distribution of food. Um, remember, God uh, wanted us to take care of the widows and the poor and the destitute and, 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 and the foreigners and everything else. And, and we see that the widows are, are just being overlooked, not by purpose, but it's just what was happening. And I love how the disciples, the, the 12, um, um, reacted to this. They didn't start blaming each other or blaming other people, right? They just took it and they said, okay, let's figure out how we're going to deal with this. And um, so, uh, so in, in this process here, they, they, they see that they don't want to neglect what God has specifically called them to do and what he has called the church to do. So they say, you know, it wouldn't be good for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Right? Just plain and simple. Neglect of your specific calling is a big deal. Um, Paul even picks up on this in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 13 through 14, when he's advising a younger pastor named Timothy. He tells him this. He says, until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to, to preaching and to teaching. Do not neglect your gift, which was given you through a prophetic message when the body of elders laid their hands on you. I, I think it's... Um, I think it's kind of funny because, you know, lately I've been looking, early on a couple months ago when I was looking on uh, different websites and, 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 and checking out the different uh, job opportunities out there for uh, Senior Pastor Roar to be on, on staff somewhere. And I was looking at the, and I was proud of Wendover Hills, by the way, of how your job description was great. Very limited uh, amount of information there. I, I, I'd seen some of these things even on our own Wesleyan website. Where the, I mean, the job description of a pastor was basically be Superman. I mean, it's like all, I mean, or just be, you know, you're Jesus. I mean, you're beyond Jesus. I, think. I mean, it's like, you know, I mean, all these things. And I'm thinking, I can't even memorize all of those things. Are you kidding me? And, and all this huge list. And, and, and again, this is, the, this is the issue of serving today because what we're doing is we're expecting the professionals to do most of the work. That is not biblical. Okay? Not biblical at all. And so, um, and I like what, what this other church put. <laughs> I must have been a small church somewhere that says, we, we need a pastor. That's all they put. <laughs> that we need a senior pastor. That was it. That was a job description. Now, that's not um, expecting too, that's, not, that's, a, that's a little bit too low of expectations, I think. <laughs> We'll just grab anyone. You got, you know, you got a ministry. We'll just take you, you know, whatever. Yeah, just whoever. If you're a senior pastor, desire to be one, or if you dreamt about one, I don't know. But it's pretty funny. But but I think that understanding our roles is going to be very critical. And so we want to look at this from a biblical standpoint here. So let's look at the the role of the twelve here. Um, first of all, we we see that that they say, in um, when it says. It would not be right for us in verse 2 to neglect the, the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the uh, spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and we will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. Okay, so prayer is one of the responsibilities uh, of, of, uh, of the twelve here. Um, preaching, teaching, studying the word is another responsibility. We see that at the end of the uh, of that uh, verse seven there, or verse six, I mean, 
where it says that they prayed and laid their hands on the ones that they had selected, that basically they were empowering them. I think another responsibility, another role is that they empower people to do effective ministry. This is a big one. Um, here, just to shed some um, light on this, Ephesians chapter 4, 11 through 13 says this, It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers. Why? To prepare God's people for works of service. To prepare God's people for works of service. So that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So they must help empower God's people for these works of service. I don't think Christ ever had in mind that just a couple people would lead a church or that maybe 20% of the people would lead the church, as in the case of many churches today. 20% do 80% of the work. It's pretty bad. But instead, that we would keep empowering everyone to do ministry for the right reasons in the right way. Okay? So we see... Uh, the role of 12, pray, preach, teach, study the word, empower people to do effective ministry, shepherd, of course, care for the people. That's what they were doing here. And also being the visionaries, um, being one, one of those that, that they see that here is the issue arising. Let's figure out a solution to this. Let's see what, what could be and should be, and let's, let's put it into practice. That was the role of the 12, okay? And then we see the, the, the role of the seven, who we could look at as the church here, is that... Um, uh, first of all, they submitted to leadership. That's a, that's a big one right there. Uh, let me read some scripture from you, to you from Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17 says, Obey your leaders and submit to their authority. They keep watch over you as men who must give an account. That's how serious this is. Obey them so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that will be of no advantage to you. So that the work may be a joy, not a burden. It would be no advantage to you if you, if you cause a ruckus or you, you, or you cause that, uh, the pastor to, um, uh, uh, to doubt in his leadership or whatever it may be. But, but uh, as long as the pastor is serving Christ wholeheartedly and not leading you astray, I mean, it says to submit, submit to leadership. And this is what the, the, um, the church was doing here. They said, as the, the 12 proposed this idea, of, hey, it looks like our job responsibilities are getting a little out of hand here. We need to focus on what God has specifically called us to because otherwise we're not going to be effective if we're trying to juggle all these balls in the air. We need to empower other people to do what God um, has called them to do as well and use their strengths and, and things like that. So they, they uh, agreed to it, they submitted to the leadership, and they went for it, and they chose um, seven men uh, full of the Holy Spirit and of wisdom. So that's the next thing, is that here's the role of the seven, here's the role of the church. Be prepared for ministry. Be, prepared, be spiritually prepared. Prepare your heart for ministry. Prepare your heart. Uh, if it's the leadership asking you to maybe step into a different role, or if it's something that you uh, have brought to the, the leadership's attention, or whatever it may be, prepare yourself for ministry. Because we don't want to do ministry without being full of the Holy Spirit and without wisdom. We want God's wisdom. We want God's heart in this. 
Otherwise, we're going to serve for, for other reasons out, um, outside of being to the glory of God, right? And so we see the role of seven, submit to leadership, be prepared for ministry. And, and also, here, here's the thing, too. I think this can be another problem that arises, is that, that people don't get involved in ministry because they feel like they've got to be like Billy Graham. Or they've got to be the next perfect person. I, like, I love what Rick Warren says about this and what they do at Saddleback Church. He says, you may have heard that it said, if it can't be done with excellence, don't do it. Well, Jesus never said that. The truth is almost everything we do is done poorly when we first start doing it. That's how we learn. At Saddleback Church, we practice the good enough principle. It doesn't have to be perfect for God to use and bless it. We'd rather involve thousands of regular folks in ministry than have a perfect church run by a few elites. Powerful is that. That's from his book, The Purpose Driven Church. Yes, exactly. Anybody can serve. Anybody can serve. And we should all serve. We should all serve for the glory of God. And here's the last thing that we see, the role of the seven, submit to leadership, be prepared for ministry, and also serve with your whole heart. Um, Colossians 3, verses 23 through 24 says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as working for the Lord, not for men, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. You're, actually, you're serving people. It's like, as you're serving people, it's like serving Christ. That are made, it's made in His image. People are made in His image. His creation. It's like serving Christ personally. That ought to motivate you, huh? Well, here's two things I want uh, you to take away from this message today. If you can remember this here. Connect to serve, serve to win. Connect to serve, serve to win. Connect with one of the ministries today um, at Wendover Hills, okay? Whatever that may be, and then be prepared to serve. Prepare to start. How about this? How about a challenge you to start, be prepared to serve next week? How great would that be? In your bulletin, you have, um, and Amy mentioned this earlier today, that you have these tear-off sheets. Can you all tear that with me? Can I just hear a bunch of tearing? Just tear, just rip it up. Don't rip it up. I mean, just tear this. But on here, um, and if you're a visitor, um, ask you as well if you would just please fill out this. That would be great, helpful. Um, we're going to pass our offering plate around um, later on in the service. But on here, and we have, do have a, a list of our ministries up here that we could put on here, on the PowerPoint. Yeah. Take a look at these, Okay. And if you would do um, our leadership a favor here, if you would write down your name, your email address, if you don't have internet, maybe your phone number, and put underneath your name an email. Um, and if you're already serving in one of these areas, you don't need to put one of those. But if you want to serve in another area as well, or if you're not serving in any area right now, put down one of these that you're interested in, okay? And what we'll do is we'll contact you this week and, and hook you up with the leader of those ministries, and we'll get, you, we'll get you in right away. You can start serving next week. How great would that be? Already getting into it. Okay, so we'll just leave that up on the screen, um, and, and any time that you, you just see, you know, I think this, I'd be interested in this, or I'd like to find out more information about it, just put that down, and we'll contact you this week, okay? Simple as that. I just want to challenge you. I want you to get involved in everything else. Connect to serve, serve to win. I think it's important we serve to win. Um, 
Because here's the, here's the thing. McDonald's, they win every day, don't they? McDonald's wins every day. What is it that you see when you first come in uh, at McDonald's? You see on their big sign, it says, billions served. That kind of bothers me, people. I don't know about you. Does that bother you a little bit? Billions served. They're winning every day. Now, they're selling hamburgers. We have the greatest gift ever. Salvation in Jesus Christ. Life in Jesus Christ. Wouldn't it be awesome to pull up at Wendover Hills one day and then have a sign that says, Billions served. Right? And we can do that. This church can be a part, I don't know about billions, but, but we can be a part of something that, that is uh, impacting our surrounding community in this triad. Billions served. And how we do that is through our mission statement, which is awakening one more soul to experience life in Jesus Christ. Even if it's just one more person, just one person, go for it. Connect to serve, serve to win. You know, um, I was going to have this entire uh, platform filled with folding chairs um, this morning, then I found out that our folding chairs were gone. Um, so, <laughs> so that's not going to work. But can, if you can imagine that, and just imagine these, these empty, the empty chairs here, that they would represent people that you don't know. People that you've never met. But let's say right here we'll meet Jared. And Jared has just lost his job. He's um, been suffering from depression. And he decides he's going to give the church one more shot just to see what it's all about. And he comes into contact with a church named Wendover Hills. He'll be here. He'll be here soon enough. What about, um, what about, what about Jackie over here? Jackie's going through a painful, struggling divorce. She's, uh, her family, her friends have abandoned her, and she's just looking for a place to belong. And she comes and experiences Wendover Hills. You'll get to know Jackie soon. These empty chairs representing people that you have not met yet but soon will meet, all because you decided to serve. You see, it's all connected. Everything we do at this church is connected. Whether you're serving in a cluster, a cell group, whether you're serving uh, be, uh, behind the, the, the sound booth right now this morning, whether you're serving with the offering plates, whether you're serving as a greeter, whether you're serving in the back with the children, and whether you're just holding one of the babies back there, it all has purpose. It is all connected. And somebody's life just may be changed because you chose to serve. How awesome is that? So I encourage you, find a place. Find a place to serve. Get connected. And let's really make a difference. Project 316, only let us live up to what we've already attained time to step it up church all right if you would join me in prayer during this time father thank you for allowing us to just have the opportunity to, to serve lord i mean my goodness you have given us um so much to 
to want to give away because of what you've given to us, Lord. You gave, Father, you gave us your Son, and your Son alone is, so, is, is the fulfillment of our life. And so as we become consumed with you, Lord Jesus, and your love and your grace and your mercy, may we just pour that out onto other people through our acts of service, Lord. We're not serving to, to earn our salvation. We know that's, that's not the truth right there. We know it's by grace that we're saved through faith in you, Jesus. But we serve because we, because we love you, because you first loved us, and that we would continue to just to just pay that forward, to just keep moving that forward, to keep impacting lives for you, Jesus. We want to see transfer, transformed lives in this church and in this community. And I pray, Lord, that we would have the right people in the right places at the right time and just bring glory to your name, Jesus. It is all about you, Lord, and may we just make it our mission to just continue to fulfill the great commission and the great commandment. We love you, Father God, and uh, I pray that, uh, Holy Spirit, however you are speaking to anyone in this room today, that you spe- specifically speak to their heart about what they need to do with this message. Um, it does us no good to, to guilt people in to serving. We don't want that. We want it to be from a heart that is uh, full of uh, love for you, full of the Holy Spirit, and ready to serve because, because of their love for you and their love for people. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.